0: Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, this morning we're going to begin a new series called Fight. Fight healthy habits for families. All families fight. Nah, so you say, not us. Um, But how do we as followers of Jesus, as Christian families, how do we fight fair? This three-week series that we have, we'll take a look at some of the weaknesses that we have in our lives, you know, kind of going back even to the series we've just wrapped up on sanctification, reminding us that we are all sinners, even though we are saints, we still struggle with sin and brokenness in our lives, and that shows up in our relationships with others, especially with our family. We'll take a look at those weaknesses and how they show up in our family experience and our conflict with family, but then we'll look to God's Word to offer us some guidance and how we can approach and handle disagreements and those dynamics with our family. So let's start with a prayer. Father God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of this amazing day. And Lord, as we just sang, we bring everything to you in prayer, trusting your son Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. So let's start with a question. The question is this. What is your favorite TV sitcom? What is your favorite TV sitcom? SitCon. Now, for some of you, you're going to reach way back decades ago and say something like, maybe I love Lucy. Or maybe you love something like Bob Newhart. Some of you who are watching, maybe sitting on the couch, you know, are saying, I have no idea what those shows are even are. Or maybe you like something like Gilligan's Island. Or some of those great, you know, ones not too long ago, but they've been a few years ago, like Seinfeld or Friends. Or Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and some of you go, I have no idea what that is, but it's got Danny DeVito, and Danny DeVito, he's always funny. Or The Office is another great sitcom, maybe something a little more you know, modern, something animated like Gravity Falls or Rick and Morty, or the longest-running sitcom, the longest-running animated sitcom, the longest-running sitcom called, you guys know what that one is? Oh, you don't know, The Simpsons. It's been on a long time, and you know, whatever sitcom that you may enjoy watching, most sitcoms tend to have some connections to one another, and one of those is the dynamics of relationships. A lot of those are family relationships, and of course, it makes fun, and highlights some of the sometimes unique frustrations and challenges of living together in a household, as being together as people. And part of being together as people, if we're, if we're going to live together with people and work together with people, go to school together with people, is we're going to have conflict. There are going to be issues. We're going to take a look today at the words of Matthew 22, 39. I'm going to focus on these words of Jesus, and let's read these words together. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, let's put these words into context here. You know, the, Jesus, it seemed like they were always trying to trap him, trick him, somehow, you know, get him to say something they could call him out on. All the others have tried. Now the Pharisees are coming to try to trick Jesus and ask him this question. And an expert in the law, you know, not lawyer or attorney like we might have if we're in court, but one that understood God's law. And understand, too, that for these people at this time, you know, God's law had 600 different laws that they were supposed to keep. He says, you know, how do I know, basically, how do I know that I'm really following God, that God is really happy with what I'm doing, who I am? And Jesus says, you know, well, you know, what does the scripture say? He's talking about Deuteronomy 6 here, words that were very familiar to these people. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength. In other words, love God with everything that you have, with all the resources, everything that you are, and love your neighbor as you love yourself course that gets into the question of who is my neighbor so what is God calling us to do God is calling us to display his love in our relationship with our neighbor God is calling us to display his love in our relationship with his neighbor that's important for us to understand that we're not loving again to earn God's love we are loving because God loved us we are displaying that God's love for us in our relationship with others with our neighbor and the question maybe then is you know, well who is our neighbor i think mr rogers you know said it well the person you happen to be with at the moment in the midst of covid for a lot of us the people that we happen to be with at the moment right now is our family and it'd be great to think that during this 10 months of covid that our family life has looked a lot like this here right Everything is great. We're having lots of laughter and fun, a lot of quality time that we've never had together. You know, I don't know how many of you, family looks like that all the time. I can't tell if you're sitting at home raising your hand, but probably you are not. Probably, it does look like this sometimes, but sometimes family looks a little more like this here. You know, there's quarreling, and there's fighting, and there's arguments, and there are people going to their own corners, getting ready like a boxing match, to kind of go at each other. Does that sound a little more like family sometimes? Maybe not physically going after each other, but we do with our words, with our actions. Sometimes because we withhold our words, withhold our actions. Yet we are called to love, to love our neighbor. And Jesus, you know, in Luke's gospel says, you know, neighbor is anyone who is in need and tells the story of the Good Samaritan. But our neighbor, the first group of neighbors, the first people that are often right there with us, that's our family. Whether that is, you know, our, our spouse or our children or our parents, our siblings, we live together, and especially during these last 10 months of living together in this time where we haven't done much else, with all the stress that's going on with the pandemic and with you know, politics and some of those other things, that you know, we feel the stress as it enters our households and our relationships, yet we are called to love, to display the love that God has for us, and that's been much more challenging over these last 10 months. But let's go ahead and explore in God's Word again for some guidance. Ten ways, not ten ways, three ways to show love in action. How do we put this love into action? Here's the first one. First one, treat others the way that you want to be treated. Treat others the way that you want to be treated. We'll take a look here at Luke 6, verse 31. Let's read this together. However you wish to be treated by others is how you should treat everyone else. Now, this should not simply apply to to just those that we like. Um, It should, should apply to every area, every aspect, every relationship in our lives. Whether it's politics or religion or any differences that we might have, treating others with a sense of dignity, of respect, of care, of kindness, and compassion goes a long way. It also reflects, again, the love that God has for us in Jesus. A God who treats us, not like we deserve to be treated, a God who treats us with his love, his grace, and mercy. As Paul says in Romans 5, You know, God loved us while we were still sinners. Not when we were being the best son or daughter or mother or father or husband or wife or brother or sister. God loved us while we were still sinful We treat others the way that we want to be treated. And most of us, most of us want to be treated with love and respect and care. Number two. Number two is we we enter into conflict with humility. I don't know about you. I know me. Um, Most of us probably, we don't enter into conflict with humility. We enter into conflict with what? I am right and you are what? You are wrong. Does anybody do it differently than that? I mean, unless your brain kind of says, I'm going to do this with humility. I heard the pastor's sermon. I'm going to do it this way. We enter into like, I'm right, you're wrong, and I'm going to prove that you are wrong because I know you're wrong because I am right. And we do this in all of our relationships. We can do this you know, in person. We can do this online, and we can have these kind of arguments and disagreements, and that even feeds back to the first one. We're not treating each other with respect and love and care and kindness, but enter into conflict with humility. We'll take a look here at Deuteronomy 5, verse 20. This is the Eighth Commandment. In our Lutheran tradition and some of the other Christian traditions, it's the Eighth Commandment. Some other traditions, is called the Ninth Commandment. But let's read this together. You should not give false testimony against your neighbor. Now, when we first hear these words, giving false testimony or bearing false witness, what comes to mind is kind of like the courtroom. You know, you're standing there, and you're going to tell the truth, you know, in the courtroom. But... See, Scripture really expands beyond this simple understanding. And even for those who, who grew up and, in, 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 you know, studied the catechism, Luther's catechism, and, and Heidelberg catechism is another one from another Christian tradition that says some very similar things, that bearing false witness is more than just not lying about somebody. It's understanding that we, we put the best construction on who they are and in, on what they say. That we, we look at them and we say, you know what, if I'm going to hear their side of the story, I'm going to actually listen. I'm going to value them and treat them in love and not just make assumptions. I'm not going to necessarily assume that I'm just right. But I'll enter into this conflict with humility. And again, conflict, because conflict is natural. I mean, I've had sometimes people say, oh, We don't ever have a conflict, or a couple sometimes come meet with me for you know, marriage coaching before they get married. Pastor, we never fight. Ha! Huh that's not usually after that words they fight because i'll poke them in some way Um, because conflict is natural but how do we fight fair and how do we fight with love because we're going to disagree with each other and how do we resolve this conflict in love and part of the way we do that is with humility again reflecting even our savior jesus christ who humbled himself the one who was right and the one who loves us with an everlasting love so we treat people the way that we want to be treated, talk especially about our family. We enter into conflict with humility. And then third, we love people right where they are. You love people right where they are. You love people because they're family. We love people because God loved them, even if they're annoying and frustrating, even if they don't agree and think like we do, God loves them as God loves you. Let's take a look here at the words from 1 Corinthians. And this is kind of the opening words that leads us into 1 Corinthians 13, which is often part of a wedding sermon and a celebration of love. We read together. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, But do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, and give over my body to the hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Of course, he goes on to say, love is what? Love is patient, love is kind. It goes on to really explain what this love means. And it's easy to see that on a wedding day, but begin to say, what does it mean for me to live this kind of love with my neighbor? What does it mean for me to live this kind of love with my family? It doesn't matter, you know, we could be a staunch Republican or or Democrat, we could be the CEO of a big company, or we could be the owner of a mom-and-pop shop, we could be the president, we could be that person who seems like a nobody, or we could have thousands or millions of followers on social media. If we don't have love, we have gained nothing. Paul says, you know, that love, love is the greatest, because that love reflects the gift of love that God has given to us in Jesus Christ. That love we hear in those familiar words of John 3.16, God so loved the world. This is how God loved the world, that he gave his only son. See, God loves you in Jesus. As God loves you, as he loves us, with an unconditional love, with a love that we don't deserve, what a love he so graciously and joyously gives to us even when we sin again and again. That love he calls us to display in our relationship with others, with our neighbor, and our closest neighbors, our family. Even as Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. This is how they will know you are my followers, that you love one another. God is calling us. He's calling you and me to display his love in our relationship with our neighbor. Again, our closest neighbor, that display of his love begins first in our homes and expands beyond our homes into our community and our world. To love as we have been loved by Jesus. Now, will we do it perfectly? Not at all. I don't do it perfectly. Ask my family. But we live in that love and grace. And we share that love and grace. And it's just as we continue to live in the love and grace that our Savior Jesus has for us. So here's the challenge. Again, this challenge that we put forth is is not a way that we earn God's love. This challenge we put forth is saying, look, I'm loved by God, and so because I'm loved by God, I want to live this love in my relationships. So let's look at this here. What action will you take to show love the love of God, sorry. To your neighbor, what action will you take to show the love of God to your neighbor? That neighbor could be your spouse, your children, your parents, your sibling. That neighbor could be your physical neighbor next door, across the street. It could be a classmate, a co-worker. It could be someone that you've corresponded with on social media, have talked with on Zoom. How you show God's love this week, and most especially, how you live in God's love, live in His grace, in His forgiveness, knowing that you are loved by the God of the universe. Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of your amazing love and grace, a love of the Lord that we do not deserve, but a love you give to us in Jesus. Holy Spirit, we pray that as we live in this love, this love that we have is not just a love that we have from our God, but it's a love that shapes and forms our love, our attitudes, our actions, our relationships, so that we love as we've been loved. Lord, help us to grow in the love that you have for us in faith and help us in that same faith to live and share that love with one another. We pray this, Jesus, in your powerful name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening. And until next time, God bless.